Good morning, Fantasy Baseball. My name's Tony Scott. I'm back after a weekend. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Of course, spring training, got pitchers and catchers down there reporting. Mostly any news you get now is going to be bad news, right? The thing you're hoping is your players stay out of the news right now because you don't want to hear about the shoulder, elbow, or any of that. What we're going to cover today is I had a baseball draft on Friday night. I want to tell you about the strategy and how I went through it. And this one will be a little different. And of course, as usual, I have my uh, black coffee with me today. I got my black coffee with me. I need a little sip, a little uh, something to get me up and over and over and ready to go. <sighs> so. I had the 11th pick in this draft, the 11th pick. So I always come with a mindset a plan. And what I was thinking with the 11th pick and the wraparound, I'm going to try to get some stolen bases, trade turn, a good batting average, a run scored, and then come back with a pitcher there. So the draft goes, and you always got to be open-minded and be fluid in your draft process. And Jacob DeGrom was there at the 11th pick. And I'm looking at DeGrom as a guy. It's actually viable. If you'd like to pick him ahead of Garrett Cole, I don't see any issue with that. Cole had already went in this draft. But I think that much of DeGrom, you're talking about a National League pitcher in a good pitcher's ballpark, Garrett Cole's an American League pitcher in a small ballpark, good for hitting. The Yankees will certainly win more games than the New York Mets, so you can get uh, you should get a little jump in wins there. But we've got an elite pitcher, so I draft Jacob Degrom. Then on the way back, the guy with the twelfth pick actually had a nice, nice pull as Nolan Arenado and Trey Turner. He picks at twelve and thirteen, so he gets some power. He gets good batting average for both guys, and he gets some stolen base with Turner. So I like what he did at twelve. So then at thir- at uh, 13, I mean 14 for me with that second pick, I went pitcher, pitcher. I went Max Scherzer. So I paired Jacob DeGrom with Max Scherzer. The one thing you got to keep in mind when you're doing money leagues and there's no trading to prevent collusion is that it does you no good to win ERA by 60 points because you're going to be hurting somewhere else. If you go offense to win the home runs by 100 home runs because you're going to be hurting elsewhere, you need balance. Balance, balance, balance is the key to winning in any of these money leagues. So I'm starting out with two pitches, though, and I feel really good about it. That's going to allow me to wait on pitching a little bit. The one mistake you can always make is if you pick a Jacob DeGrom or a Max Scherzer the first or second round, and then you don't pick a pitcher again around 10 or 11, all of a sudden your pitching staff you look at, you got the one stud, but you don't have a great pitching staff, and you wasted that pick with the first round and didn't get the impact there because now it's just keeping you in the middle of the pack. You want to be at the top of the pack if you commit early in the draft to that technique so i got the two pitchers there and then 
the one thing that I preached on an earlier podcast, if you haven't listened, guys, wherever you listen to this podcast, go, and I believe this is the eighth podcast, and take a listen to the others. They're short for the most part, and they give you an opportunity to learn exactly my thinking on some of these drafts and some of these players available in baseball. Now, balance, balance, balance is there. I always talk about I don't want to pick a guy with a bunch of home runs and no stolen bases and a bad average because then I'm chasing average. I'm chasing stolen bases already in the draft. What I want to do is get guys early in the draft that are going to fulfill all the categories, and then that allows me to pick whatever player I'd like instead of being dictated to chasing down categories that I'm deficient in. So I picked a guy that I picked in the last draft in the third round, and that is new Arizona Diamondback Stalin Mate. This is going to give me a 290 batting average. It's going to give me 20-plus home runs and 20-plus stolen bases. Absolutely take that from Stalin Mate. Starts out my team there. Then I went with a pick that surprised me. I went in the fourth round with a guy a young player, a young player for a team that's very much in the news. <laughs> I went with Houston Astros, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, when you look at Alvarez, this kid has hit at every single level he's ever participated in, right? Absolutely. We're talking about him last year, when rookie of the year, 369 plate appearances, hitting 313. Uh, triple A last year, hitting 343. Down at double A, 2018, 198 bats, 325. Um, I'm looking at 20 plus home runs, easy. We have projections out there that have him from 27 to 40 home runs and a good batting average. So I'm taking a shot on a youngster here, and now I get two good batting averages too. I'm looking. You know, with Marte, 285, 290, looking at this kid at 275 to 285, and uh, getting some power from my Alvarez, uh, despite all the negative stuff that we hear there. So I got two pitchers. I've got not elite home runs, but I'm there. Great batting average for the first two guys, and decent steals. I'm averaging 15 a person. Okay, so I'm all right going there. So the next round, round five, Tony Zincana decides to go back to the well. And this is the craziest thing. I picked five outfielders in a row. Um, Marte, Alvarez, Giancarlo Stanton. So I got more power here uh, with Giancarlo Stanton. When you look at this guy going in round five, it's injuries after injuries after injuries. But I tell you guys all the time, in these rounds right around five, six, and seven, you pick guys, if everything goes right, that could bring you back first or second round value. Can you imagine if we get Gene Kyle Stanton to stay healthy? I'll take the shot. So now I got some serious power with Alvarez, Stanton, Marte. And I'm ready and raring to go. I pick another outfielder in my next pick. Now, one thing about the outfielders is that we always talked about position scarcity 
when I first started doing baseball. And it would always be the second base and shortstop. There wasn't enough to go around. I'm going to tell you right now, the way baseball has changed, nobody talks about this. Outfield, to me, is position scarcity because we have so many platoons in Major League Baseball and especially the right and left fielders. And when you play in outfield leagues that use five outfielders, the guys being drafted at the end of the drafts, uh, a lot of junk, a lot of junk. And getting at bats matters when you're looking at that. So because of the platoon situations in Major League Baseball, I believe the outfield is a position scarcity. So with that next outfield, I want another young guy. Eloy Jimenez. Last year, splashed on the scene. 31 home runs, 267 batting average. Projections have him this year anywhere from 29 to 37 home runs, 260, 270 batting average. That's the one thing I think we can see improvement. I think we can get in the 270s easy with Jimenez. So I got another big bat with a with a good batting average in today's baseball. And I'm going outfield, 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 outfield. Now I picked another guy coming off a down season. That's Andrew Benatendi, right? Went Andrew Benatendi. Here's a guy that I think can get me double-digit stolen bases so I can add that to Stoutland Mate's total. A guy that I think is going to have me a good batting average. 25 years of age. What's coming off what is perceived as a uh, down season for Benatendi. Got something to prove. Got to like having players on your roster that have something to prove. So when I look at Andrew Benatendi and what I'm going to get from him as my fourth outfielder is this is a kid that last year hit 13 homers and 10 stolen bases. Absolutely disappointed. Can he hit 20 home runs? I think so. So he comes up a little short, 17, give me 13, 14 stolen bases. And in today's baseball, 270 batting average, absolutely take that. And the run scored should be right around 90. Last year, disappointed was 72. So I'm looking for him to step it up. Then I went with the next pick. I have the two starting pitchers. I'm in round seven. I haven't picked another pitcher. I pick a pitcher, but I go Aroldis Chapman. So now I got the two stud starters, and I got a stud closer. Then I go back to the pitching, and I go with my third starter, Eduardo Rodriguez. Rodriguez won us a ton of games last year. You can't chase wins. His whip is something to worry about, and the strikeout totals were there, and so were the innings. He's my third pitcher. And with that whip being questionable with Rodriguez, I'm covered with the two elite starters I have in there in the elite closer. I should be okay there. Then I'm a little light in stolen bases. So, again, I'm going to take another young player, which this is something I don't usually do. I don't usually do this. But. I see a guy with upside. I see a guy 
that's going to have an opportunity on an offense that looks fun, that looks exciting. And I go with the guy everybody's hailing for all my French friends out there, Louis Robert, Louis Robert, Chicago White Sox, right? This is a kid that last year in AAA in 223 at-bats hit 16 home runs, 7 stolen bases, 297 batting average. The batting average always suffers for young players, so you can look at about a 260, but we're talking 20 home runs and a possibility of 20 stolen bases from this kid, and that's going to add to my total, and that's where I went there, drafting for upside with the need of stolen bases there. Then I went for another guy that disappointed last year in Rise Hoskins. Hoskins is a guy that we expected big things from. I like my offense. I've got good batting average. So I'm able to take a guy that we could speculate on how poor the average is going to be and get me 30-plus home runs. Now, the one thing that I said earlier in the show is that when you play in leagues for money and there's no trading, you don't want to go overboard on a category. The one thing I'm trending to is I got a lot of home runs right now. But the batting average is good. The runs scored are good. It's going to, when I fill those middle infield positions, give me an opportunity to look for 10, 12 stolen bases and not worry about guys with extreme power and trying to get guys that will absolutely rack up the power. So what I'm looking for from Rise Hoskins coming off 29 home run season, the 226 batting average. He hit 246 the year prior, and that's what I need is to get him back up to that 245 batting average. And I'm looking at a guy um, that's going to hit me 35 home runs. I expect the 30 home runs if he stays healthy for sure with Rise Hoskins. They came back and picked Kenley Jansen. All reports are that this guy's healthy again, and I think he's sliding down drafts because of his health last year. So I got two elite closes with Chapman and Jansen. I got two elite starting pitchers and Edward Rodriguez, who's not my elite starting pitcher, but had 200-plus strikeouts the year prior. I followed up that Rise Hoskins with Edwin and Carcione, another guy that's going to hit me to uh, 30 home runs in that good White Sox lineup. Damn, I get a lot of White Sox on this team, but I, like I said, I like that offense. Uh, picked Alex Colomy after that. I like to have three closers in, the, in this situation here. Now, the one thing you can do when you're playing in leagues with no trades is draft the two closes. There's always going to be a closer job change there, but you're not guaranteed to get one off the waiver wire, depending on the league fab or if it's, uh, um, you know, waivers, you never they know what you're going to get there. Um, so then I went with Lance McCullers as my fourth pitcher. Uh, we talked about McCullers. I have a whole podcast dedicated to him. Um, not going to get the innings pitch there, but I'm going to get uh, an opportunity uh, to have some pitcher that could be a top 20, 25 pitcher in this year's Major League Baseball. Got Ryan McMahon in round 18. And then I went uh, 19 and 20 and went with two young pitchers that could bounce back and have some uh, productive seasons with Joey Lachese and Jose Iroquide, uh, who also member the Houston Astros 
uh, in that situation. Other guys that are involved in the round of the pitcher staff, Nathan Evaldi looking for a turn back season there with some health. Uh, health has always been an issue. Julio Turan's interesting to me uh, because we're getting him out of Atlanta. Julio Turan, the one thing about Turan is Turan is not good against left-handed bats. The stadium in Atlanta was always great for left-handed bats and was good for the home run ball. That stadium in California where the Angels play is not good for home runs. And at night, the ball doesn't travel well unless your name is Mike Trout. So I'm interested to see if Julio Turan actually switches to the American League and has a bounce back season. Uh, I got him as my, I believe, my sixth starting pitcher. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. He could be a guy uh, that gets cut. In the last round, I picked a guy <laughs> that it's the last round, right? So he could be gone. He could be there. I went Jonas Cespedes. What if this guy stays healthy, right? He's a 20 home run guy that can steal bases and hit home runs. Yeah. It's a big if. It's the last round. If it don't work out, you cut him. That's Tony Cicada. That's going pitcher, pitcher to start your draft. You listen to Good Morning Fantasy Baseball. We're out of here.